Hello and welcome back to Ren the Archives in Conversation. Lisa is here. Hello. Warren is here. Hello. Paul is here. Hello. And Martin is here. I am indeed. Hello. I thought you'd forgotten Paul's name then for a second. <laughs> <laughs> was this, no. was this Paul's? But 30 no. years of friendship. <laughs> I, I, know it's, it's something to do with Yeti. I know it's something to do with Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I think we've got a lot to jam into this this one. So I think we'll start with uh, what have people been watching since we last spoke? Lisa, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? I have mostly been watching um, the 1972 season of The Generation Game. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of Oh Happy Band. Yeah. And Enemy at the Door. Yeah. And so, which have you been enjoying the most? I actually have to say, I think it's Generation Game. Why have you been enjoying that that more? Because then? it's a real slice of that particular moment in the 70s, which I'm too young to remember because I was about two, three months old. Yeah. And Bruce Forsyth is very, very good as, as the host. I, I was used to seeing him in Strictly Come Dancing and sometimes I, I held my hands up. I was a bit dismissive because he was a bit sort of doddery or I don't think he had the right writers for that but in this he's superb he's really on his best game but Warren you said you'd uh, watched one or two of these so what's 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 your opinion of these I you know it's just what we need now um I was having a quick um comparison with Ant Stroke or Deck um Saturday Night Takeaway I'm not a great fan they seem to have taken all the bits it's very unoriginal and cobbled together a show but more than anything now I think we need Bruce's format because we need that lift and whereas today uh, people go on television to be a star the people who were taking part in the generation game then had no intentions of being the star of the show or being being the end they went on to have fun didn't they they went on to meet Brucey and they wanted to they wanted to win a fondue a cuddly toy um so yeah no 72 I've been watching the one with uh, the regional dialects which was quite interesting wasn't it all right yes that's the yes. singing postman oh god the, Oh, we had singing postman, whistling milkman, I don't know, chloroforming <laughs> dentists. I don't know, what did we have during the 70s? Were they all John Pertwee, by any chance? <laughs> no! <laughs> Would have been more fun if it had been John Pertwee. But Absolutely. No. And the, the wheel on the knackered gold Dalek as Goes well, round and round. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, like, recorded just before it's due in studio for uh, Frontier in Space, I think. Yes. According to our, our sources, yes, have they, have they run the torch and it's eye stalk. Yeah. No, yet. no, oh, no, no. Interrogation one. That's the other one. That that's the mm. that's the supreme one. This this is the one that appears in Day of the Daleks oh. and turns up in Frontier in Space episode six. Love Day of the Daleks. Yeah, yeah. but Paul, what what has what has been tickling your eyeballs in in the past few weeks? Uh, well, uh, well, I have been dipping back into. Some Doctor Who's that I haven't watched for a long time. I've I've tried to go for ones that I've I've almost sort of forgotten because perhaps I haven't watched them for 
five, ten years. But I was talking to Nick about this because he likes to watch things in order, and I'm like the opposite. I'm kind of, if I know what's coming up next, I, I, I want to surprise myself like two minutes before I go to the shelf. Um, so I've been watching things like Colony in Space and Creature from the Pit and Inferno, and now I'm kind of going back to work three days a week. I've gone back to watching um, an episode on the phone between here and Clapham Junction. So I'm I'm on Frontiers. So I'm really jumping around the eras. Random um, factor, like a tractor, weave yeah. your way. <laughs> <laughs> but but of course, new new old stuff. I I've been I've watched the Fury from the Deep, um, new, new DVD. Uh, I'm still on some of my longer projects. I'm coming towards the end of season six of Dynasty. So you've got Kate O'Mara in it now, and I'm on season one of the Colbys, which has got Stephanie Beecham. And I'm on season four of um, Desperate Housewives and season three of Lost. I've done Day of the Triffids. And also I'm watching Strange Paradise, which is the show that another channel in America tried to sort of introduce as a sort of Dark Shadows, um, their version of Dark Shadows, which went from 69 to 70, which I think I might have mentioned briefly. I'm, I'm still watching that. Um, but quite quite slowly because I'm kind of hoping there were there were only 195 episodes and about 130 something of them were on on YouTube. But I'm kind of hoping if I go slowly, maybe somebody will fill those those gaps because I, I can see people talking that about about that they've seen the whole series. So I'm kind of yeah, but it's not a show you can buy. Uh, anyway, so. The Yeti never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, can uh, sorry not Martin. Um, Paul, can I ask you a quick question regarding? Um, the, the American soaps. Yeah. Because it's quite interesting there. The um, the protagonists, are mainly the female protagonists, um, are British. So yeah. are British yeah. bitches best? Or because I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was quite surprised that something like uh, the Colbys and Dynasty uh, yeah. have um, have British British le- female leads in them. Yeah, I mean, and although you know Joan Collins is doing her best American accent, and she, you know that's kind of the accent she developed by then, you know, and, and I guess she'd been out there a long time. She, I still think of her as as, as British. So yeah, all the yeah. all the bad bad ladies, are, <laughs> most of them, <laughs> the best ones are. are what British. era? What what sort of year would the uh, dynasties you've been watching have been made? Um, eight, it's the. 80, 85, 85, 86 80. season I'm watching. Because yeah. I've been watching a, a, a 90, uh, well, 96 series, and I've been just fascinated by American women's eyebrows. I don't know why. <laughs> There's something about that sort of slightly... Do they meet in the middle? Well, no, it's, it's more the, the, the sort of the, the, desi- the, the perfectly shaped frown. And there seems to be... I think, actually, that one of the reasons uh, why why they got British actors in for that... Uh, actresses, actors, whatever you want to call them, in for that kind of thing, is just that um, I don't think they like to think of American women as being anything other than mom, you know? And yeah. and, and I think they feel it might have undermined the American way if, if, if you actually... Um, if if you allowed them you to be uber bitches, so they've got all the Brits in to do that, you know, because everybody hates the Brits anyway. So why not, you know? Yeah, I mean, f- I mean, are we looking? Are, do they not want to dispel the uh, Waltons or the Little House on the Prairie um, impression of um, Little Hometown America? Well, I suppose the other thing was that it was it wasn't it Bing Crosby's daughter that shot Jay. <laughs> it was his granddaughter, granddaughter, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so yeah, maybe, maybe the, I won fifteen pounds. We can't, we can't yes. let that happen again. Any, any time anybody yeah. does evil now in Dallas or Dynasty, it's going to have to be the Brit, one of those bloody colonialists. <laughs> there, there was a great scene in the episode of What's Last Night where, um, where Alexis uh, discovers that Kate Mara's character, who's called Caress, although she that that she had another name which she grew up with, but she like she there's no Caress. darling, I'm Caress these days, and she's writing a Caress. book and, and she's kind of. She kind of she kind of wants to write something about Alexis, and and Alexis finds out that this is going on, and um, she calls the publishers, and then she does a Kate Mara impression, and and it, it it's it, it sounds just like Kate Mara. I, I was like, oh, you see. Now the thing, yeah. the thing that, so thing what does she go and lie topless on a cross channel ferry then? Of course, yes, that's right. It's, I, it, <laughs> she dresses yeah. as the <laughs> There's a lot that boggles me about about that, but uh, yeah, it, see, what gets me about Kate O'Mara is is how she was so desperate to get back to quarries in the south of England. <laughs> I'm sick of. Yeah, I, know, I, I mean, doesn't she actually say? I, I'm rather fed. Isn't there a letter she wrote that basically says, "Oh no, I'm really looking forward to getting back to quarries again because this, this, yeah, this Hollywood was, glamour is just too much." Yeah, she was. She she. Uh, I think she goes crosses over to the next season, but she must have been heading back. You know, pretty. pretty that must have. Been, she must have left by late eighty six or very early eighty seven if she was in time in the run. So who was the, who was the replacement? I mean, it's like well, who's next on on the uh, the British actress list? Who can we? Get? Well, uh, well, I believe that Stephanie Beecham once once well, once Colby's gets axed after season two, she crosses back over into. Because I think Stephanie Beach from stayed in America for about ten years. Because I've, I've said this before, I think that uh, I've, I've seen her on um, Charmed in the very oh, late nineties. Yes, I think she, she was only in a couple of episodes or something. But I think I read that that whoever it was that produced all these programs, um, spe- spelling or whatever, um, kept recasting her in different shows. I think she was in Beverly Hills. So how many more? Two nine one two oh nine four nine six three eight two nine one. No, that's, isn't that something Saint Helen's glass or something? No. Uh, but didn't um, like the didn't um, how many more years of that di- di- dynasty was there? Uh, so nine seasons. So yeah, I've got three more seasons. Right. What's this one? So you just kind of wonder. Like, I'm trying to think who else would have been around about that. I mean, well, I mean, Lulu wasn't asked. Lulu Jameson wasn't asked, was she? Although, I'm trying to think who although, did Judy Geeson did Judy Geeson because she's that kind oh, of era isn't she isn't she didn't she no I'm wondering Falcon's Crest or what's mm. the other one the spin off from Dallas um, uh, Knots Landing Knots Landing there was somebody in Knots Landing mm. it was Emma Sams wasn't it um, mm. yeah she was in Disney mm. uh, um, this um, uh, I, this Zoom event I attended today was with uh, Judy Matheson who was in lots of ha- well, one or two Hammer films and some other horror films and with little parts in Blake Seven and Crossroads and Coronation Street and but apparently she went she was saying that she went up for the role of Joe Grant um, and mm-hmm. she was and she met Barry Letts and she was I think quite near the top of that list um, but um, but yeah that could have been that would be very different fandom would have been very different as well and you said uh, Paul. She mentioned her appearances in Z cars as well. Yes, yes. Because we've, se- little, they we've had, seen some of they those. Had clips. Yeah. yeah, they 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 had clips. They had, they had the rights to show the all the little uh, clips throughout the whole thing. That was quite good. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess that brings us to one of the people we should talk about now, and mm-hmm. that's Frank Windsor. Yes. Because Warren, you've just written us 
uh, a tribute piece to Frank Windsor, uh, done in the style of of Barlow, sort of doing a report, haven't you? So, yeah. What what does Frank Windsor conjure up to you, Warren? I think Frank Windsor is a very safe pair of hands. I know it's a horrible acronym to sort of use, sorry, a horrible tag to use on someone as a safe pair of hands. But you knew you were going to get a good performance from Frank. And he's he's not scared to poke fun at himself either. But um, as I put on the piece, even if the lines were ropey, he had the confidence to deliver them and deliver them with the gusto that they needed sometimes. Because if we look at things like um, some of the softly softlies perhaps the task force ones they can be immensely padding padded out mainly because yeah they're, they're, some of it is character development but the rest of it is just sometimes you can see it's it's filler so you can see the characters getting their own idiosyncrasies and uh, I especially like the pack he took over from Barlow didn't he and the style of writing completely changed and there was an interesting change of, hmm, can Softly Softly survive without Barlow? Of course it can, because Frank Windsor can carry that quite easily. And he did. But he, he always carried that mantle, isn't it? That if he appeared on television, and this is where the, um, the what was it, Allied Insurance or one of the insurance companies trying to sell over 50s, here's a man that's always played a policeman whilst you were growing up. So you trust him. And there is a certain trust that he exudes as well, I think. I, I found it interesting that you didn't even mention his Doctor Who appearances when no, you wrote that piece. Um, do you know, it, 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 I'm aware that he was in Awakening and, I, and he was in Ghostlight. But so he's in the King's, did, King's Demons. Sorry, King's Demons Awakening. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was the fact that he had done so much. And I, rather than sit there and do a list, which I could have been there for absolutely ages, um, I just, it's a small snapshot. Because when I write these pieces, I want people to feel, actually, I'll go and look that up. I, I look more up about that person. Because that's what I want, would like people to do. And I think that would be a lovely tribute if people went and did some research and just said, oh, let's take a look at this person and see what they actually did do. Because I remember them doing this and I remember doing them that. But I don't remember the bits in between. So I always like to sort of stimulate people to go and look for bits and pieces themselves. Andy has issues with people being... The, the, the only thing that people seem to care about is their Doctor Who appearances. And um, and uh, I think it what was the one he quoted to me yesterday, something about Via Lorimer. Somebody sort of mar marking Via Lorimer because, uh, because we should remember him because he's a, a walk-on in Silver Nemesis. Silver Nemesis. <laughs> But uh, one thing when we, we, we were editing your piece this afternoon, Warren, and the one thing we did want to add was an Age of Kings, mm -hmm. wasn't it, Lisa? Yes. So just explain uh, yes. What, what that was. It's a series of, the, of Shakespeare's history plays that the BBC did in... Um, 1960. 1960, yeah. And they do the, the entire run of history plays, so from uh, Richard II right through to Richard III... Uh, they massively cut down Henry the Fourth because it's probably the dullest one. To be fair, it's just him going mad, really. And, yeah. and, but, but the it way is they Terry do it, Terry Scully playing him. Yeah, the way they do it, they've got a rep, yes. sort of company of people of, to play all the actors. parts. And some weeks they'll oh. be playing a bigger part, and some weeks they'll be playing a smaller part. Yeah. And amazingly, you get Sean Connery in episode one as um. Henry Hotspur. Yeah. And you're like going, Ooh. flipping neck, it's Sean Connery. Yeah. 
with a Scottish accent, but you know. Wasn't this the bit that wasn't this the play that uh, Jacqueline Hill saw him in, and she went and got um, her husband, who was about at the time, to say, "Come and see this man. He is amazing. This is this is um, he's going to be big. This is Sean Connery." Yes, quite I think possibly. He was in a Shakespearean yeah. piece. Yeah, is this is this. Uh, these series with Gordon Gostolo in. Yeah, I was going to say, you've yeah. got Geoffrey Bailden, yeah. you've got Frank Windsor, and yeah. you've got Gordon Gostolo, yeah. which is it's a, it's an amazing combination. And Holy yeah, Trinity for you, yeah. lot, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gordon Gostolo doesn't do much, does he? No. But <laughs> he's basically just Gordon Gostolo. <laughs> <laughs> but back to that again. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes, the other person, of course, we, we should remember uh tonight mm-hmm. is diana rigg yes so warren you and diana rigg go back a long way don't you <laughs> we go back a long way <laughs> yes, when I when did you first know. meet her then uh, i was 12 years old mm. i was uh, in the kitchen uh in, in the uh, i was in the kitchen and she comes in the kitchen <laughs> i sat on a stool i do remember it actually because the door just flew open to the kitchen and she sort of swept in and hugged and kissed my mother and said Rosary how are you in a very theatrical way and I went blooming neck who's this <laughs> and I went oh it's James Bond's wife <laughs> because the only thing I'd known her in at that particular moment was on emergency secret service because you, you hadn't uh, seen the Avengers at this point no um, it hadn't arrived on channel 4 yet so no. um, uh, so I was I I I was aware that she was an actress, and by the way, she came into the kitchen. I, I thought she was probably a very well-known one. <laughs> she's very loveyish, as we would call her. But she, she's a lovely lady. Um, she, um, yeah, she taught me to swear. <laughs> she taught you rude words, and you haven't she stopped since. She taught me very rude words at the age of twelve. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and and poems as well, isn't it? Like oh, sort yes. of limericks and Met- things. She said, Mary had a little lamb, her father shot it dead. Now Mary takes a lad to school between two hunks of bread. <laughs> uh, and there are a number of other ones, but I'm not going to repeat them because they're no. family friendly. <laughs> and and what's this about ending up in a food fight with her? Yeah, um, we're in the kitchen and um, I don't know what was being said and she threw something at me because I, I think I might have made a cheeky comment. And so I threw some um, spaghetti at her, but um, it wasn't, it was dried spaghetti, so it just flew and scattered everywhere, and then f- food sort of erupted across the, um, across the work service, and we got a right rollicking from my mum, so I had to clear it up like naughty school kids. You can imagine that being in an Avengers fight scene, though, at the end of an episode, yes. can't you? <laughs> yes, I can, actually, yes. I, I mean, I asked her about the Avengers. And she was very sort of distant when you ask her about the Avengers. Yeah. I think I think she was a bit uh, thought she was a bit um, typecast as far as that was concerned. Everyone remembered her for that and nothing else that she did. But uh, no, she was a lovely, lovely, lovely lady. <laughs> but Martin, let, let's get back to um, sort of what have we been watching? Oh, I was right. I was just I, I mean I, I I know this is oh, probably okay. terribly naive of me, but. Um, I was actually surprised uh, Frank Windsor was still around. I actually thought for a second it was just one of those um, stories where he'd actually gone five years ago and somebody had noticed and they'd retweeted it and it had become one of those things. So I was actually surprised right, it was actually this week. You know. Thank you, Martin. You're not the only one that thought yeah. that. 
<laughs> I don't feel so bad now because I thought exactly uh, the same. I, I thought the same. I, I thought the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. No, it's, it was just one of those things. I mean, I know the uh, he was still doing the was it double glazing or whatever it was he was doing. <laughs> but uh, but no, I was it was it was quite a shock. I was actually I was more surprised that well it's kind of weird. It's more surprised that he was still alive when he wasn't. If you see what I mean, it's uh, it's an odd way yeah. of putting it. But um, yeah, I hadn't realised he'd, he'd he'd hung on this long. You know, it was, it was quite. Quite, quite surprised. I knew it. I knew it would. Uh, I knew it would affect you a lot, though, because uh, very, very big Z cars, softly, softly, uh, softly, softly. Task Force Barlow, uh, Jack the Ripper, fans uh, that you are. Yeah. Barlow's Jack the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> there are commas there. Right? It's very difficult to do commas in audio. I'm sorry, he yeah. wasn't going to make a quick getaway, was he? <laughs> But Martin, you've you've obviously got other projects on the go, including A to Z of UK TV drama. You've just released episode O, (laughs) which is Our Friends in the North. Our Friends in the North, part two. And uh, but do you want to briefly talk about P? Uh, P, We um, yeah, we we actually yesterday morning we recorded R. Right. Uh, So we are trying to keep ahead of the game, although. And our focus, like with many things, has sort of shifted the last few weeks, and uh, for many people. And um, um, yeah, yeah, letter P is is uh, it's not a it's not a, an area that I watch a lot of. It's uh, of course it's in crisis. It, it's costume drama, which isn't isn't big on my uh, personal. You know, we 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 cross streets to avoid watching costume dramas, quite frankly. Um, but uh, we did persuasion, and I I I thought it was jolly good. Thank you very much. Q, I think, will surprise uh, some people. And uh, R was a one-off play again. We seem to have gone into one-off play. I think basically, Our Friends in the North was so epic <laughs> that um, I just thought we needed something we actually had the time to watch. <laughs> because this, uh, unlike what Paul's vast list of viewing, um, it's it's becoming more and more difficult to find any time to watch anything. Although we, we have, uh, this very evening, we uh, watched the quite spectacularly brilliant uh, we watched the last three episodes of it we've been watching it all week uh, the last the spectacularly brilliant millennium season two which is an astonishing piece of television would you I say it's better it. than the x-files i would so. say it's, uh, it's i i can re-watch it uh, i mean we we went back to it having uh, just sat through all the fringe and i thought oh, what's in the same kind of ballpark and the thing about this the second season is it, it goes very apocalyptic which for, for other topics i'm thinking about is very useful uh but the uh, we were literally the third episode from the end if you if you've never seen any other episode of millennium the episode the third from the end of season two which is basically four demons meet in a bar meet meet in a diner (laughs) it's 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 very twilight zone it's actually incredibly good 45 minutes of television. I, I, in many ways, I, I'm, I'm, I'm now considering a, sta- a staggering work of genius. It is astonishing. Now, uh, Wong and Morgan, who were the, um, were the um, producers for that season, just went mad. And yet, they actually managed to end the world at the end of season two, which is kind of weird, because season three came along, it got renewed. And they and they really made a mess of the renewal. But anyway, that's by the by. But 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 season two of Millennium is an astonishing twenty three episodes of American television. I think it may be the mad the maddest twenty three episodes of an American season of television that's ever been produced. Quite frankly, it was 
batshit crazy. It was bonkers. And <laughs> on most episodes, you sit there going, what? Now, you think Twin Peaks is mad, but Twin Peaks had an in- internal logic to it. You know? It actually made sense within its own narrative. Millennium just goes anywhere. And it's, and it's you know, it's, I know it's a very dark series and a lot of people don't like it because it's dark, but it's... God, that that it as as a piece of television, it's 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 rather brilliant. We no, we <laughs> have it we have it here, but I have a feeling that um, well, I think we might have started season one and kind of got a bit bored with it. So we probably needed to give it a bit more to get. If into you're not going to watch um, any other, watch episode twenty one of season two. It's on uh, the the last disc. That's why to God you'll love it. I might give it a bit more time if it's just me watching. I can, I can watch it without. The trouble is when you're watching things with other people. Sometimes you get affected if the other person doesn't get into it. So, it's, sometimes it's best just to watch things by yourself, and uh, and you can be, live in your own little bubble of enjoyment. Yeah, the other, the other things I've been watching, I've uh, I've just started 1990 because I'm, I'm I'm dabbling in dystopia. So I've, and, and Edward Woodward 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 is brilliant in that. And I've also because I now have your download. <coughs> Uh, the Brack Report. I finally started watching as well. So it's... The what report? Sorry, the Brack Report. Uh, Brack Report. Yeah. I don't know that one. It's uh, it's a ten part thing with Donald Sumter and Robert Lang, um, nineteen eighty two, about a nuclear accident, and uh, and the the follow up. And I I just remember it because whenever uh, Donald Sumter or Robert Lang appeared in anything, I would go, "That's them two people from the Brack Report," and people would go, "What's the Brack Report?" But it uh, it actually turned up on TPTV a few weeks ago, and um, yeah, the people who have seen it, who have been commenting on it, just think are raving about it. But Lisa, um, mm. let's add is it together? Yes. To that to that list of oh, yes. forgotten things. We watched the first episode of Together. Yeah, yes. you better explain what that is. Um, it's a soap from 1980 and 1981 by Southern TV, and it's set in an apartment complex. And it's exploring the lives of the residents. And it features, amongst other people, um, Sarah Green, who wasn't actually in the first episode, Sheila Fay, and uh, Victor Madden. Mm-hmm. Basically playing Victor Madden. But. Um, <laughs> what colour was his hair in this one? Oh, uh, uh, grey. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was grey. It wasn't Just gray, quite red yeah. like it was in most things in the 70s. Yeah, he, did <laughs> turn, he turned yeah. up in 1990 last night, the one I was watching, the one with Graham Crowden did in he? it. Yeah. yeah. Episode four. Yeah. But yeah, we've, as I say, we've watched the first episode so far, and um, there is a, it's a sort of half an hour kind of length. And apparently, series two was transmitted live Thank with um, a, a theme tune sung by Cleo Lane. So that'll be interesting. Um, but the ding. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he feeling all right? <laughs> but basically, my biggest question at the moment is because there's a dog in episode one, and it's it, the dog's called Jackie, and it's it's the dog's the credit read Jackie Frank Murray, and I'm like, who gives a dog two names? <laughs> so I look it up on IMDb, and according to IMDb, Frank Murray was born in 1941. I'm going, hang on a minute. There's no it's because it's, it's a little dog. So it's, I mean, it's obviously not like... Dogs have longevity. <laughs> Are you implying it's a little dog but that's actually played that by Santa a man Claus in a suit, like Rent-A-Ghost? <laughs> it's Stuart Fell. It's... He, does, he, he 
it's the double. Maybe he did the voice for the dog. Scenes and things. No, it was, it was the Percy <laughs> Thrower. He was he was just doing the dog noises. That's <laughs> Percy Edwards. <laughs> Percy Edwards. <laughs> Percy Thrower wrecked a garden at the back of TV Centre <laughs> by doing bird noises. <laughs> Shattered all the windows, I tell you, it's a nightmare. That bloody pipe of his <laughs> just blew into it, <laughs> it was... all it went. The entire the entire concrete donut had to be reglazed, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was an interesting episode. It also had um uh Margarita Scott, who's Mrs. Pumphrey in the uh, BBC version of All Creatures Great and Small. And uh Catherine Byron, who's in uh Weapon. She's the clone. Oh, master. Blake Seven, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I'm going to like her character. She's a bit. She don't comes down some steps to some dry ice, no, does she? In, no. in Dudley Simpson's no. organ. But yeah, it was it was interesting. <laughs> we'll watch. Some, oh, and also Gillian Bailey from Here Come the Double Deckers! Exclamation mark. Yeah. Oh, for goodness sake! No. Tim Worthing, Tim Worthington will never forgive us if we don't put the exclamation mark in. So. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to get the punctuation right in these things when, when you think yeah. you always think that none of them ever worked again there you go <laughs> but it was interesting uh, so I mean, I'm also finding um, Enemy at the Door interesting because I watched the first ah! episode and I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not because the first episode obviously because it's setting up the situation and all the different characters is a little slow oh. is but that then, Simon Cadell and, yes um, Simon Cadell is as, as an Jean, SS officer Jean no, Gene Hunt's not, not Gene. in that one. Which that's one the, am I thinking of? That's the ITV um, German Nazis thing mm. from the. My, my, he's Athens. an ITV Nazi. There's a difference, yeah. is there? Well, yeah, um, so enemy my, at the door. Uh, a, a to Z colleague will 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 uh, well he will he will tell you that enemy at the door is not very good and is not worth watching. There you go. Well. I'm going to have to disagree with him on that one because it's it's developing nicely now. Well, it's, how far are you, how far have you got into it? Past the front episode? titles. Episode three was the last one we did, mm. wasn't it? Last week. Yeah, okay. So watching say, it oh, weekly. He does, he does tend to say, pictures. yeah, people then discover how bad it is. <laughs> right. Well, we'll see how Bernard it goes. Bernard Horsfall, isn't it? Is it's Bernard Horsfall and Alfred Burke, and you can't really go wrong with Alfred Burke. So you think he's that, actually making the Nazi quite a nice character. Mm. Because it was really quite I did a it on dark my shelf, episode. Actually. I'm looking at it on my shelf. Oh, I have it. Really... I, I I I watched episode one, you know, I, I, and I told I told him, oh yeah, I've started watching that. Yeah. <laughs> well, give it a go. Rely on your own opinion. <laughs> well, I thought it was a really quite a dark episode with the girl. They, they the, the Germans put on a, on a dance for the locals to try and get you know a little bit more of a sort of an understanding, and one a girl a girl goes to it and is escorted home by one of the soldiers and they have a bit of a well it's not clear exactly but they have a bit of a fumble and then she accuses him of raping her and he ends up getting shot at the end of the episode Good grief so you know well, and more stalwart either than a crime drama a medical drama or some nazis on telly yeah, well, to, to be <laughs> fair most nazi dances do end like that somebody gets <laughs> shot <laughs> <laughs> but it's accidentally yeah, it's, or by design. <laughs> it's an interesting. So far, it's been quite interesting. I'm quite enjoying it. And there was a very young Anthony Head in last week's episode. Yeah. So. Oh, good lord! So, Did you make the Teddy. coffee? <laughs> no, no. And Gary Wilson. Ah, you mean with, with a um, tiny you bit mean of hair? With, um, Trevor Eve's wife. 
Um, this is the thing about Anthony Head. He is very well travelled because he's he's been across the pond, hasn't he? He was Buffy's. Was he Buffy's school teacher or something? He's, he's like a he mentor. Librarian, librarian, the librarian, the watcher. The librarian. Yeah, the watcher. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's he's another one that's um, uh, a bit like our dynasty colleagues. Who um, he's hop channel hopped quite a bit, hasn't he? Uh, channel hopped. Um, he's uh, pond hopped <laughs> quite a bit, hasn't he? The, one, the ones that get me are people like uh, when George Innes turns up in Hill Street and um, yes, and um, oh, yeah. and Morris Rehoves turns up in all sorts of things in America. And, oh, yeah, and, we... and George Innes is doing a very posh voice, yeah, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. It's just, uh, I think it's, it's quite early on, but it's the th three episodes, I think. Just and again, they were all. I think he and and Morris Rooves must have had a chat. Should we go? Should we go Hollywood, mate? Should we go Hollywood? Have a go. Should we get a day return to Hollywood? I think when I was watching Inferno the other day, it said the the, the information facts said that Olaf Pooley went over to America and did lots of stuff, in, including Star Trek. And He's in the Hill Street. Yeah. <laughs> He is actually, yeah, isn't he? He's in a season seven one. It's very brief, but you. I thought that's that's like that's that's him. <laughs> that's bloody. Is Ula. he wearing white gloves? Was he wearing white gloves? <laughs> he was a professor. He was no, a professor. Wearing mutton chops <laughs> <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> mutton chops. Yeah. But I must admit, I actually I had to freeze smile. frame and, because I thought I'm sure that was that. I'm sure that was uh, that. It can't be. Can't. And it was literally a blink and you'll miss it scene, but uh, yeah, it's very weird because Davison turned up in uh, Ma an episode of Magnum, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, I think did he did Tom, Tom Baker do a Remington, Remington Steel, Remington Steel. I think yeah. he might have. I think that was a oh. no. It's Peter oh, Davison did a Remington Steel as well. He did season three right. episode in season three because I've got episode uh, seasons one and two, and unfortunately I can't get three. Boy George was on the A team in an episode. <laughs> really. <laughs> What, in the back of the van, used... or what? No, they help him. They help him do what? I don't know, I don't watch the A-Team. Oh. <laughs> Make a video. But, um, Sorry, I just had a video. No one used to do the te get the team together in Mission Impossible, and you had to select them for their special <laughs> skills. We need a boy, George. If it had been, right. been made in the 80s, it would probably be cameos. But, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah let's, let's get Debbie Harry in. Oh, <laughs> Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Um, she I just was, wants I to have fun. When I was watching the Colbys, I had to double take because some of the characters, um, like one of one of the relatives, it gets rather complicated. But there's a character played by Catherine Ross who was in Stepford Wives and lots of other things, presumably. Um, anyway, her house is in London, and the, the none of these scenes are presumably they're all filmed in America. They just got a bit of stock footage. Again, there was a scene in Rome in the previous mm. episode and there was some stock footage and then they were just in a garden so anyway but anyway this house in London um, the, the bit of footage they used was where I work the college where I work now in Belgrave Square um, and uh, I mean that that building has been in lots of different TV programs that I could I could talk for for minutes on the amount of TV that's been recorded um, well we have minutes um, to fill <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, well, they 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 film in the time I've been there. They filmed spooks there two or three times, mm -hmm. and the last episode of upstairs downstairs was filmed um, uh, at my work. Um, but Bug Bugo Square gets. I know Kylie used it for one of her videos, um, and it's been in a number of seventies Jalo movies. So I wasn't entirely surprised to see Bugo Square. 
but I just wasn't expecting it in an episode of the Colby, <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. uh, isn't it great when Americans try to mock up things? I re- I've got a vague memory of a, an episode of Heart to Heart where they like to do, where they, you know, I don't know how many times Jennifer and Jonathan met in different circumstances, but I can remember at least three different episodes of three <laughs> different reasons they met. Well, one of them was meeting her in London. <laughs> and so they mock up this, what well, I can say, mock up, and they drive this double-decker bus past in shot, and there's a, a um, jolly-looking bus conductor hanging off the end of this Second World War double-decker bus. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so old, this bus, 1940s, and it's supposed to be early 1970s. And running along behind, jumping onto it, is a chimney sweep. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, their impression of this, this is just Mary Poppins mixed in with their impression of London life. This is absolutely farcical. It's but, like it's, it's Higgins, uh, who, who the uh-huh. chap who plays Higgins in, in, um, Magnum. in Magnum P.I., the original series with Tom Selleck. He wasn't English. He, he was a, a teat southerner, wasn't he? If, if, if people watched uh, some of their films, he was in Blazing Saddles, wasn't he? He was, um, wasn't he the deputy mayor in Blazing Saddles? Well, I was going to say, uh, you, you, you do get these sort of um, stock mm. sort of British actors, because I'm thinking of w- Wilfred Whiteface as well. Wilfred Hyde oh, White. Yes. <laughs> Wilfred Hyde White, <laughs> sorry, not Wilfred Whiteface. <laughs> That's, that's what I can never remember his name, can I? I wasn't even close, was it? But yeah, oh, well, he's, he's well, like... Wilfred Hyde White and Buck Rogers is, is, is a thing to be, be seen. It's just it's astonishing. Really? I've not, I wasn't aware oh, yeah. of that. Oh, no. In the second season, <laughs> he just know. sort of walks walks onto the set like he's in completely the wrong film in his cardigan. Oh. And he's in every episode. I'm pretty sure he's in a, sure he's in a Columbo as well. Well, he was pretty much based in America, didn't he, at that stage? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's... Yeah, I, I, I've i seen that, Columbo. I'm trying to... Yeah, that's the one with on a black man, is in, that, I think. Ah, yeah. Is that the only Columbo that Patrick McGowan isn't in? Because every time <laughs> I turn it on the telly... Well, no, it's it's Patrick McGowan. The, the, the Columbo yeah. that's set in London is, 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 I think, Richard Basehart in it. and um, Yes. Set around the theatre, darling. Yes, that, yes, that's the on a black man one, I think. Mm, yeah. Yeah, she's... Yeah. I think Wilfred Hyde White's the butler or something. Yeah. But the, the, there's also the lovely things when uh, Jessica Fletcher goes to Ireland. That, they're always hilarious. Oh, God, yeah. Because <laughs> oh. everybody's got bright she red went. hair and, and, and Ireland looks remarkably like sort of uh, LA, basically. And there's yeah. the one where Maurice, Maurice Rose again, isn't there? He, they're in, they're, it's supposed to be in Jamaica or somewhere <laughs> like that, and he's the head of police. That's right. And uh. I can remember watching that game. That's Maurice Rose. Mm-hmm. What's he doing over there? Again, that's another. That's a. It's, it's like they all had a day turn ticket. Let's go over, get a bit of work, and run well, back. Well, I think that I think him and George Innes basically at the end of Danger UXB said, Hollywood, Hollywood, right. <laughs> there, there was an episode of Lost I saw. Um, I mean, considering this is my my second watch of it, I haven't watched it for ten years. There's a um, a scene I'd completely forgotten. I mean, there are various different characters that are supposed to be all from all over the world, and 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 you know, a lot of it is made up of flashbacks or flash forwards to things. And there was a scene where one of the characters was supposed to 
well, it's supposed to be he met his girlfriend on on the embankment, but the way that they they tried to make it look like they're in London, but they just got where, where they were standing. That, that there wouldn't have been a space there; there would have been a building um, if if that was the aspect that they were sort of going for. But um, and I, I remember they mentioning murder she wrote. They did they did a, they did one actually in London that I remember being just looked like it just looked like the. Um, Studio backlot. <laughs> There's amazing things it, about uh, American uh, film sets that are pretending to be London. Is they always get the plugs wrong, the plug sockets. They always get the plug mm-hmm. sockets wrong. <laughs> it's one of those things. But there you go. <laughs> but we we do it over here, don't we? With locations, uh, Doctor Who's a, a prime one of it for the new season of of um, Cardiff being parts of London. Mm. Um, oh, very good at doing things like that, but, but the Americans do it as well. I mean, you think about all the uh, the series that were filmed in Vancouver, pretending to be everywhere else. You know, it's it's the same kind of thing. Mm. I mean, basically, they just get a couple of buses up from San Francisco with, you know, uh, logos on the side that sort of said Mooney or whatever the San Francisco. Uh, well, that's right. I mean, X Files, yeah. and it's chucking it down with rain. <laughs> A lot of the a lot of the slasher movies are like that are meant to be America were filmed in Canada. So yeah, really must be yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Dangerous place, yeah. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You said you've got a new addition to your record collection. Oh yes, no, I, I, it came through the the letterbox only. I say the so what what the, it's what came? The, um, original LP versions of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy have been finally released to the the wide world. And um, you know, it's um, yeah. They are the they're not the radio show. They're not the TV version. They are they were made in the studio, and apparently the sound is. I've not actually listened to them yet, but the, the, apparently they are just a whole new, exciting. Well, well not new and exciting because they're forty years old, but <laughs> but they were a whole different take on it, and I'm quite interested to hear them. Yeah. Well, I, I did have them as LPs, mm. and. Uh, I think that would have been the first time I'd heard audio versions of those early episodes. Mm. So I think when I went to the radio versions, Mm. I was quite surprised how different they were. Mm. Because the radio ones are actually quite sparse in the first few episodes Mm. in terms of sort of music and effects. Mm. It was so ingrained in my head what the next sort of sound effect or bit of music cue was going to be that when i heard the radio versions i thought they were wrong (laughs) so yeah because i'd listened to those records over and over again but that's a bit like genesis of the daleks isn't it when we didn't have videos the lp version somehow became the definitive version i remember i remember your albums actually andrew um i can remember those and like yourself i have a box set of the radio the radio series here And yeah, it, it, the, the first two episodes, it makes you wonder how it became successful mm. as a radio series. So I do like episode one. I, I mean, I did listen to the first track just to make sure it was playing, you know. But uh, I, 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 I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by Hitchhiker. I, it's, you, know, you know when we did the six parts of Quatermass and the pit? That's the only other one I thought, well, maybe I could do the other five parts of Hitchhiker at some point. <laughs> Hitchhiker. Yeah. You, uh, what's the draw? for you for vinyl because I'm quite interested what the draw for vinyl is now being that there are so many different sources now that we have we have mp3 we have listed online we have cd um lace disc um <laughs> but what is Wax what is the draw to vinyl what 
<laughs> yeah, wax silly. What is the draw for vinyl? And especially, what is the draw for vinyl? So we just mentioned it there. Um, we've got uh, Genesis of the Daleks. Uh, Pescatons was released, mm -hmm. wasn't it? That was great. I love the Pescatons. Um, but what is this draw nowadays to harken back? Is is it just a, a fad, or do you think it's the way forward? I can tell you why I got into it, and it's literally just down to having too much money and there's no other formats to buy these things on again and I, what I do find is though um, I, I got I used to listen to music um, so much and then I got into podcasts about it's been well I was into podcasts before I started doing my own podcast and I found that I wasn't listening to music that much uh, and the, the trouble is with things like I get, I get my music from Prime and it's like being a kid in a sweet shop for me because I just like I like music for the last 50, 60 years and I want to try it and it's like grabbing it all but then you don't have the time to listen to it. So what I, what I do find with the, with the vinyl is like today uh, I wasn't doing anything so I spent all morning I listened to three different albums and I took photos of them and I put them on Instagram and I interacted with people who said, oh, that's good. And it was... And I actually listened to the... The, the the music I mean these are all albums I know really well like I've known for like thirty years some of them and, and it's just a, a way of sitting me down keeping me still and not it just being a background as I'm it's shopping not a or ritual involved in it yeah yeah it's sort of it is like I a ritual ten or fifteen years ago I was, I was in an office with a guy and he was he was uh, it was a a single had come out and he and he said oh I I got the original single of that and he got the single out to play for his daughter. And his daughter just looked at him and went, what the hell is that? It was a seven-inch single. And this was in the era of CDs. And she was just, what What do you do with it? And he sort of saying, well, you put the arm across. And, and she was just like, don't be <laughs> daft. You know, what? No, Dad, don't be silly. You're messing me about. And he said, well, then, then what, 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 and how many songs are on it? Uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> And, and now um, you you could play the sketch not the nine o'clock news straight after that couldn't you it just fascinates me because uh, would, would you like a bag on your head would you like slimline salad dressing with that woofers and tweeters well my my, my stack of vinyl i mean i've still got my vinyl lps i haven't got a player for them i've got my vinyl lps from when i used to buy them sort of 30 40 years ago you don't have a gramophone no good lord no <laughs> good lord no and um but but i look at them and they've still got the price labels on because that was another thing i never so yeah, I was like my my double album of uh, Tusk by Fleetwood Mac was like five ninety nine, and I thought that was a fortune. And now I look at what people are paying, for, and it's what sixty quid or something. What? Uh, no, the one. I mean, I bought a Fleetwood Mac this with this payday. I I bought Mirage from about nineteen eighty two, and and it was about fifteen. No, I mean these, collect so these collectible ones you see. Well, no, well this is. I mean, this would count as a collector. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I've I've, I've bought. I think I bought rumours in clear on clear mm. vinyl. I mean that's as collectible as you as you. I mean you probably. I mean I I know what you mean when you're saying maybe there's a ten disc. I know Prince has just released a ten disc mm. set of just one, or, or the the Prince Estate mm. has just a, a, a released a ten disc box mm. set with must. But then I think he's the sort of person who would have lots of different mm. versions in the archives. Mm. So I guess they yeah. I mean they they do get. You, they, they, you do get boxed, but then I was really the, thinking the of these Doctor big Who finish ones. things that seem to be a ridiculous. Well, yeah, yeah, um, and, and limited. They, well, I've bought, I've, I've bought a couple. Well, yeah, I bought a couple of. Um, I bought the Destiny of mm. the Daleks one, which again is is, I, 
partly because that's one of my favourite mm. stories and the one where, where I sort of come into this well, Doctor Who I universe. I got that on the CD years ago. And, 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 but I've also, they've also been, you know, there's a nice box set with Evil of the mm. Daleks and, and Dalek Master Plan, but because they're long stories, mm. they rack up to being quite mm. expensive. But um, I must, mm. but I must admit, I probably know less about Evil of the Daleks and Dalek Master Plan because those were novelised much mm. later and I probably never wrote them. Mm. I've probably mm. never read them. So I, I, I probably will treat myself to those because it'll be the first, a bit like Fury, although I read, I read the odd, I read the book of Fury of the Deep, but I'd forgotten everything mm. about it. So I enjoyed watching it pretty much not knowing what was mm. going to happen uh, with the recent, um, with the recent. I have, I have got a question uh, and it's one of those questions that's been sort of slightly, <clears throat> you know, cause I'm, I'm obviously in a grumpy mood tonight. So there we go. <laughs> But um, this victorious thing, does anybody actually give us stuff? I don't really know what it is, to be honest. Neither do I. I know nothing <laughs> about it either. It's just it's a linked <laughs> set of books, CDs and comics and things, just with a, a, an ongoing story. But apparently so it's just like the, is it sort of like the key to time, but spread over like half a dozen bits of media? I think so. I don't know that much about it because it's, it's not something I was intending to... Mm. to buy because Commit there's to, just too yeah. many bits and pieces of it so but that's what i'm really, really thinking you know beyond doctor who magazine these days do you? no doctor who magazine the odd big finish mm. dvds and and that's it really yeah. i just mean to get the whole thing seems like such a faff i'm sort of thinking you know i can't be bothered and i'm just wondering if that's going to be you know what kibosh is it in many ways you know I think in in some ways. Um, I know it appeals to the collector, doesn't it? So that's yeah. It appeals to the collector, and it probably appeals to the the sort of new series fans as well, who want something to fill the time before the next series. People that aren't intending to go back and watch sort of classic Doctor Who or rewatch New Who, even just people that want new I content. Pod- I don't have a podcast that takes up all their Although, yes. again, it, <laughs> it is kind of weird because I, I mean, I've, I, you know, d- d- despite what I do, I must admit the, um, the comic strips and the, 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 you know, comic, they've never that appealed to me that much. So it's, it's, and that seems to be a large part of it. So I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I just, I, I just aren't, aren't interested in that kind of medium. You know, it's just, is it canon? Um, am I going to to understand everything that comes from now on? Am I going to have to have actually sort of consumed all? I, I think it's set. It's it's not set with the current Doctor. It's set with the sort of uh, ninth and tenth Doctors mm. and that sort of thing. So and maybe a bit with Tom's Doctor as well. So I don't think it actually affects your enjoyment of anything else. A fragment really. of it is in the annual, though. Ah so, uh, oh, well, well, I haven't got this year's. I I've got last year's annual actually. I must admit we've got we've got some of the annuals but I I I'd, I never really read the annuals much as a kid I have to say <laughs> I sort of got them for Christmas and I didn't sort of spend my you know next couple of months hunched over the annuals um filling uh, in the crosswords well no yeah precisely that I'd sort of look at them on sort of Christmas day maybe mm. And then Get the I, family I, round I to play the game. Come on. Yeah. Well, we did do a video once, didn't we? we? Did. Of playing one yeah. of the games. Yeah. yeah. And that's probably the first time I ever played that game. Was that the one we played in your city, uh, in the sitting room at Christmas? No, that that was a real game, wasn't it? That was a proper game. That was a proper game. Yeah. No. Though you had to restart because 
we started playing it on the floor and then none of us could get up and then Martha came along and <laughs> knocked all the pieces over. It's old age. Yeah. Well, you do realise that your record of playing that Doctor Who annual game may be the only record in history of anybody playing it ever. Yeah. Quite possibly, yeah. yes. Well, we like to break barriers yeah. every now and then. Go down in the annals yeah. of history, as it were. U- unique contact. Contact? Content. Unique content. Pixley will be yeah. on the phone going... Uh, You'll <laughs> be, be a DVD extra before you know it, or, what, or whatever format comes next that we all buy again. Yeah, I and mean, that's the thing: is a lot of these things is you have to look at it and think, will I look at this again? Hmm. And obviously, with the DVDs and the Blu-rays, but yes, then the answer is yes. Yeah. Though we we've still only done two episodes of Fury from the Deep. Yeah. So because we've been watching other stuff, and. I, you know, I've bought quite a few of the big finishes, especially when the um, last season of Who was on. They were discounting a lot of them, mm-hmm. and I bought them, and I still haven't listened to them. No, no. I've got and a lot you get of big finish in cellophane. I think there's a lot of well, you, big finish exists in cellophane. Well, these these are just downloads because I've I've stopped right. actually trying to get the physical copies because we're just running out of space. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, you, you just have to get to a point where you're like, am I going to look at this? If I'm not going to look at this. Again, in the next 10 years. I probably shouldn't buy it. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't stop me for a lot of things, but, you know. I think, again, this, that, that, that comes down to that collectability thing again, though, because now they do things in such limited runs to make them sell out, make them collectible. Actually, the problem is if in 10 years' time you decide, actually, I quite like that, it can become much more difficult to get hold of them. You know? so it's yes. like these sort of rare, rare books that are suddenly sort of 50, 60 quid or even a, a, de- a deleted DVD set that you suddenly, you never knew about or whatever and you suddenly think, oh, quite fancy that. And you think, oh, God, yeah, do I want to go 65 quid on Amazon? I don't think so, you know. Well, it was only recently that we discovered that our DVD of episode one of Rainbow won't play. Oh, God, yeah. I oh. bought it and it got it second hand, you mm. know, and went to play it and it doesn't work and I was like oh, oh well never mind it was it was nothing expensive yeah this, this is why we have our emergency set of Bergerac to crack which we haven't opened up <laughs> but it, it will remain in wrap until, until something happens to the other set and then then we'll be able to break the glass well, and everybody then, needs uh, an emergency Bergerac yeah. 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 <laughs> and John Nettles Charlie, would... hung, Charlie Hungerford in Celebrate <laughs> break, yeah, John break would glass to activate for, in case of emergency and act it for you <laughs> You probably get confused and not remember who he was doing now. Was he playing uh, Bergerac or Barnaby? All oh, right. Does he only play characters oh. with letter B in his name? In their name? I think so. Yeah. 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 I don't know who he played in the Life of Birds, but I think he was somebody's <laughs> boyfriend in the Life of Birds. Yeah. Well, he, boyfriend starts with a B. He yeah. pops up in Enemy at the Door in a few episodes' time. So. I was trying to think so we'll what see. else he'd ever done apart from those. I was, you know, it's one of those actors that you think, oh yeah, and then you think, I don't remember seeing him in anything else at all. So there we go. <laughs> I used to say that about Christopher Timothy, but he he pops up in a few things. I mean, UFO, he's probably one of the better things that he's known for, but he he pops up in a in a couple of sort of seventies dramas, mm. Christopher mm. Timothy. But it, until I saw All Creatures Great and Small, I really wasn't aware of him either. But yet he's he's uh, another person that sort of I don't know whether he returned to the stage after all creatures great, and um, but now and again he turned he went to doc- he's in doctors isn't he or was he he, in was, he was in doctors yes to start yeah. with and he was in EastEnders for a bit as well was he so, I yeah didn't know that. yeah 
actor. And he did that car thing with Davison. So there's that lovely thing as well where you, where you spot people, you know, I, I think that it doesn't Gareth Hunt fly an eagle in space 1999 or something. Just, that's it. He doesn't say anything. He's just... <laughs> that's Gareth Hunt. <laughs> well, John, Levine, John Levine flies an interceptor, doesn't he, in UFO? Oh, God. Does a couple of episodes. Yeah. Oh, he, in one episode, um, he's going down the chute next to... Um, <laughs> he's going down the chute. Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, what's his name? With the, the, the hole in the head at the front. Burkhoff. <laughs> what? what? Burkhoff. Burkhoff, that's it. Stephen Burkhoff. One of his... One of his um, I mean, he was playing um, bit parts uh, till the, you know, the beginning of the 70s on TV. And he uh, he turns up quite a lot in UFO. Uh, another person who comes into Dynasty Season 6 who's one of the English lot is Christopher Casanova he's in, he's he plays Blake's brother Ben for a season or so ah. see I would that I wouldn't have thought that was the sort of thing he'd have done but uh, it's money isn't it did any of you see um, uh, Only Connect last week Mama? Uh, yeah. I've seen a bit of it there was just there was oh, a, there's yeah. a moment where Claudius um, round where um uh, what's the face? Presents it, Victoria Plummer. No, <laughs> Victoria Plum. Corrin. Corrin. Yes, Mitchell. Yes, uh, <laughs> Mitchell. That, yeah. So many, so many. Uh, but she sort of goes on about when she actually had, had to de- defend uh, Christopher Biggins's acting. It's just. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they did a like, Claudius round. That's I right. got that one. Yeah. yeah. It's the only time I've ever got it from like this first or second clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. But yeah, Brian Blessed, yeah, of course, yes. But but uh, there was just this moment where she was... Who was, she, I mean, who was it? it? She was defending him. He was better actor than... Uh, uh, Oliver Reed, was it? Could have been. No. Might have been Oliver Reed. I can't remember that. But anyway, I was just... I, was just, I thought that was, a, that was a very... That was a very round-the-archives moment, I thought. <laughs> oh, and what, uh, what did we enjoy? Um, pointless. What was the question? Oh, Name actors yeah. who have appeared in Wurzel Gummidge or Rent-A-Ghost. Or, um, or Maid Marion. Maid Marion and her Merry Men. And yeah. Jeffrey Belden was pointless. He was. Oh. But people remembered that Connie Booth was in uh, Where's All Gummage? Yes. Which I don't understand. Yeah. Have you and never Barbara been Windsor. tempted then to go on one of these quizzes to apply? You've talked about it, haven't yeah, you, Warren? Yeah, Warren and, and I have talked about it, haven't we, Warren? <laughs> we thought of doing pointless, haven't we? And we, we have. We, we will do it one day. We're, we're not letting Andrew on there because he'd be directing it. Yeah. And swearing. Oh, yes, I know. Yes. I'd be going, right, have you got the angle? All right, okay, are we recording? Right. <laughs> I'd just run, Roller. It. It wouldn't, you'd be Steve yeah. Morris, wouldn't you? You'd be shouting. Uh, Stuart run, Morris. Run, run the caption, Roller. Yeah. <laughs> you should just you just apply with Paul. Just sort of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, go, be shy. Go, going back to Christopher Timothy, and um, somebody said on Twitter the other week, because I've been watching the uh, the new version of All Creatures Great and Small, which is lovely, and I highly recommend it. Um, and somebody said if, if for Series 2, they should get Peter Davison and Christopher Timothy in as a couple of angry farmers in the background, just shaking their fists at the camera. <laughs> what are you doing, veterinary? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get off my production set. Yeah, he just has to stand in the background with his arms folded, making looking at somebody else sticking their arm up. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They're not actually allowed to do that anymore. When any time they need to do something where they have to interact with an animal, um, they have to make a model because you can only put your hand up a cow's bottom now if you are a qualified vet. 
or whether the cow or the horse has an equity card. Yeah. No, no, it's it's, it's actually against the law. Yeah, to... you've got to have, a, you've got to have a, a certificate, haven't you? So, yeah, so there was a scene where he had to put his hand up a cow's bottom, but it was you only saw the bottom <laughs> bit and it was a model. You have to have a certificate to be a, an animal rector. I am an official animal bottom inspector. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. I, I really can understand that. But I, I, if memory serves me right, I can believe they... <laughs> They asked them about that when they did the original series, didn't? Didn't they have veterinaries on hand? Where's me what? Telling them what to do. Yes. And Davidson said it's the only time he was warm when he was filming it because yeah, the rest but, of him would be cold. But, but, but his makes, arm was nice that and warm. That makes it sound like it was the generation game, Lisa, yeah. to to walk back to the beginning. Like yeah. you can imagine, the, the vet demonstrates it, and yeah. then they have to have a go themselves. Yeah. You know. And, the and then they mark the, and the cow <laughs> marks about of ten. Yeah. yeah. And Bruce Forsyth comes along and says, didn't they do well? Yeah. <laughs> Warren, if you ever transfer to Yorkshire Constabulary, <laughs> you might be able to prosecute somebody for... <laughs> Interfering with an... Without a certificate. Bovine interference. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a certificate for that, sir? Oh, yes, exactly. Christopher Timothy has. <laughs> I've got evidence of you, sir. <laughs> It's it's um yeah how how productions have changed, but yeah you, you're quite right, Lisa. I mean, it's all to do with animal welfare head. now. So exactly. yeah. quite rightly, so can't go interfering with animals. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's ever since yeah. Doctor Chinnery. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> blowing up things. Yeah. Hamsters, wasn't it? But that brings us back to. Uh, Diana Rigg, doesn't it? It does, because she played Mrs. Pumphrey in a couple of episodes. Yeah. And she was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And I have I have the title of um, the 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 episode of the Avengers that um, I've forgotten who it is who's died now. Frank died? Windsor. Frank Windsor. Frank Windsor. Yes. Who's <laughs> died? Yeah. I forgot. I've got the name of the episode, but I've forgotten who it is. Um, yeah. It's it's the curiously entitled "Whoever Shot Poor George Bleak Stroke XR40." Which is all to do with the computer. Which was on, strangely enough, two days ago on ITV4. Oh, yes, they, they, okay. Very bizarrely, they have, yeah. They have, been, they have been repeating... Well, they've been repeating some Diana Rigg ones, obviously, for, for obvious reasons, but, um, but uh, which I ended up watching in that format, even though I've got at least two sets of the Avengers in different formats. But, um, I don't know why, sometimes it feels... well. Yes, I, I know I've got the DVDs, but if it's actually on the TV, I might set Oh, that makes it real. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's why we're yeah. watching Enemy yeah. at the Door, because it's on the TV. Because it's on the telly, yeah. So it's like appointment viewing now. Yeah. So So there we go. Right, well, we're going to have to bring this to a close, I think. So thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you, Warren. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. Take care. And thank you, um, Paul. Paul. <laughs> Oh yes. <laughs> uh, well, thank, thank you, whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> thank you all, and we'll see you again. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.